discussion sake podcast you may notice that the introduction to this week was a little bit more somber less energetic than usual that's because we're here to mourn the loss of episode eight yes lost in the ashes so technically this Q- is episode eight technically but technically, no it's but not no because right, if uh, we, we called it a- episode eight we'd have to delete a load of notes and i spent ages on those notes so we're gonna we'll, we'll, t- we'll, we'll give you a bit of backstory we recorded episode 8, but it was as we were finishing up recording that we realised that um, because we had to change FaceTime calls, uh, my logic had stopped recording. Half an hour in. So, so and all we of were our, two and a half hours in recording so a virtu- podcast. Virtually the entire episode was lost in the ether. I mean, we could have uploaded Jared's solo audio, but it would have been yes. silence and then just yes. So, uh, or you we would decided... have heard, or you would have heard, <sighs> yeah, or me like trying to find stuff in my notebook. Yeah, so we decided we'd take the week off and come back and give you two episodes quite yes. close to each other. Yes. So when this goes up, a couple of days later, you're gonna get episode ten. Yeah. And who but, knows when we're going to do the next one, because yeah. we're crazy like that. Yeah. However, I will say now, if you do want us to cover anything that was on episode 8, um, just let us know and we'll probably cover it. Yeah. Because um, there was some wasn't... quite good stuff that we would ch- we were covering, like Buzzard, Buzzard, Buzzard. Uh, we did the streets and we did DMAs and we also had a discussion on Dirty by Sonic Youth. Yeah. So if any of those albums sound appealing to for to hear us talk about, let us know and we will redo the conversation in another episode. Yeah. But this week, for the first time in a couple of weeks, we do have a single of the week. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Single of the week. Finally but... it has returned. I said it wrong. Single of recent times. Oh yes, single of recent times. Comes from none other than Mazza. Yes. Marilyn Manson. Yes. Uh, Mazza, as his mates call It was going to be a young blood song, but we realised that it would be too out of date by this point to do and it. And it's also not very good. So Yes. <laughs> so we thought we'd cover something that is at least interesting. So um I believe the song is called We Are Chaos. Yes it is. Which is the title track first single from his new album entitled this is chaos. Okay, so 
this single, all I'd say is it's a lot more reminiscent of his later things. It's a lot more reminiscent of what he did on the last album, you know, on Heaven Upside Down, which I wasn't a massive fan of. However, this is a concept album, apparently. So, I don't think it would be fair to shine too much judgment on the song or the album at this point. Due to the fact of it being a concept album. Would, would you agree with that? Yes, I do agree with that. And like when I was listening to it, I thought like it was a bit disappointing. It you know it didn't really go anywhere. It just sort of stayed the same. But in the context of a concept album, it may sound very good in where it will be placed. Or yeah, th- this is the type of track that'll be wedged in between two really important tracks. Yeah. So uh, I and you know I've seen a couple of people. Wondering why he released this as a single. Um, and I'm just thinking, well, how do you pick a single from a concept album? If all of the songs are supposed to be linked and things, then how do you accurately pick a single song out? Yeah. Um, one thing I will say about this. <laughs> the great noise, if anyone at home heard that. <laughs> um,. One thing I will say about this is I did get, um, I was hearing some strong latter years Beatles influence. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. Yeah. Obviously, with some more gothic. Yeah. Sounding and some more, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I think I think people are celebrating that Eid thing by blowing off fireworks and. Okay, so if anyone listening to this hears a random bang, we've not been shot. Uh, someone's blowing up some fireworks. Yeah. Apologies if it's annoying. Yeah. Shouldn't be that bad. Yeah. But. Jared, I try and you... edit them out as smooth as I can. Do you get what I am? Um... <laughs> this, this is gonna great. be great. Um, and do you know what? We're, my, we're not. We're gonna keep it in. What you're hearing is what we are hearing because yeah. you know what? We're not professional. And we're gonna yeah. show that. And I, mean, I don't know where I, I don't know where I was going with that. But and the less editing I have to do, the better my life is. Yeah. So, Jared. <laughs> yes. Do you agree with? what I was saying with latter career Beatles. Oh yeah, I 100% agree with what you were saying. I definitely hear like the some of the experimental side of the Beatles as well as like just the sound of like it just sounds like somewhat off Abbey Road. Yeah, like um it, it's weird because he's covered Helter Skelter before. Yeah. He is covered. Um, well, he is sort of references love for the Beatles many times. Yeah. And um, I think obviously this has a lot more, you know, gothic influence from 
either of them beat us. But then again, I just think that's more of the, him putting his own spin on the sand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my main thing I'd say about this single, because obviously we don't want to spend too long on this single, don't judge it as an independent song. To be honest, I wouldn't even tell people to go and listen to it. I'd, yeah. I think I'd rather people wait for the album to come out and then hear the album. Yeah. And I don't, I, 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 I don't know about you, but I think it would be quite good for us to cover the album. Yeah, definitely. When it, when it comes out in, I think it's September. If we're still going by that point, we will if we're definitely still going. cover it. Along with that other album that comes out in September. I can't remember which one it is, but... I'm... Oh, Idols. Isn't that September? Yes, and yeah. the Jamie Lenman mini-album September. Yes. September's a good month. September is a good month. Uh, put that in your diaries to listen to this podcast. If we're still going. If we're still going. So This could be our last week and you would anything? never hear us again. Um, but yep. back to Marilyn Manson... Um, Do you have anything to add? Because I know sometimes you... Well, most of the time you have little things that I don't really pick up on. I did... I did... uh, So, production note. I did like the production. A lot. Yeah. The production was very good. Um, I did, however, think there are albums with better production done by lesser people. Yeah. Uh, I I do think he could have probably done some more with the production to make it, you know, that bit better. But, I mean, it's fairly, fairly good production. Not a lot to moan about. I think that sort of sums up this song in general, doesn't it? Yeah. There's not really a lot to moan about, but then again, there's not a lot to say either. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to bring it back to that original point. It is a single track off of a concept album. It is a single yeah. snippet of what he's trying to say across a probably 40-minute, hour-long space. So I don't yeah. think it would be fair to go, no, this, this song's crap, this album's going to be crap. Yeah. Because it might work better with the context. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? No. Well, that was a fairly short... Singer of recent times, yes. So Sing- that uh, was short but eff- effective. Yeah. Yes, that was "We Are Chaos," the brand new single from Marilyn Manson from his upcoming album of the same name. Go check it out if you like gothic style Beatles influences. Yeah. And with that, we will move on to our first album oh, of the week. Jared, what is our first album? Right, so the first album we're going to be covering is Ugly is Beautiful by Oliver Tree. Yes, the debut album from the, uh, how how is it most people describe him? Living meme. Yeah, 
most I, people I, will call him. I've seen internet things call him internet prankster. Yes. Well, have you seen him crash the world's biggest scooter? Yeah. Yeah. Was... Uh, surprised he's alive. Um, so. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start this or? I don't mind. Uh, hang on. Um, yeah, so you go first, Kevin. Okay. Um, you know, I'll go with the good stuff first. Yeah. Um, when this album shines, yeah, it shines. It really does. You know, when this album's good, it is good. Like the best songs on this album rival most modern pop slash hip hop songs, like pop rock songs. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm trying to think of specific examples I could give you. You know, um, the single that was released, um, Bury Me Alive, yep. that has a great little, you know, 90s hip-hop feel to it. Yes. You know, and then you've got... Uh, oh, you've got... It's when you are expecting more, you know, generic pop beats and things like that, and then suddenly he brings in, like, a, a distorted guitar or something. Yep. And you go... Wow, that's okay. It's it's a pop artist using actual proper guitars and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the something which I'm going to stress now. I don't think you can talk about a positive on this album. Yeah. Without being able to spin it into one of the negatives. Right. I think this album's very yin and yang. The good things almost create the bad things. Right. So, I mean, uh, would, I'm going to let you say what you like about this album before we go into the criticisms of it. Yeah. Because I feel like the criticisms may take a little while because they're sort of complicated. Yeah. Um, so, so, this album, it does a lot of things good, as you said. There's a lot of things good in general the production like it's like on the first track it has you know it uses different techniques to mimic like do-it-yourself sound but then it switches to professional sounding stuff and the more you the more you go down there's hip-hop references um it's just very interesting musically this album um one thing that I did like quite a lot while listening to it is that the promotion for this album and Oliver Tree in general is it's like it it comes across as like they take it they're not taking the album that seriously like it doesn't ha- it doesn't have any meaning to it it's just all a big joke but actually there's songs about not fitting into society um insecurities people being like the feeling of being let down by something it has some serious like meanings behind it which I liked right negatives do do you want me to start yes you start okay 
Uh, first thing, this album is too long. Yes. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if you... Oh, okay. I was about to say, I don't know if you'd agree. Because some people think every song on this is straight banging. Every song slaps. It doesn't. Uh, towards the back end of this album, my... Oh, my attention faded, man. Yeah. You know, I had... I got to track eight, Jokes on You. Spoiler alert, my favourite song on the right. album. Um, uh, I I don't know whether it's because that's my favourite and after, everything after that just feels a bit meh. Yeah. But, you know, again and again, waste my time, jerk. I can't really tell you what any of those songs sound like. Yeah. You know, introspective, I can because I, I, I do like that song. Yeah. And then I'm gone. No clue. Yeah. Hurt is one of the most useless songs on this album. Yeah. The back end, he, tend to sh- he tended to shove all the generic, what you'd expect him to put. Yeah. So, I mean, did you have any... like? Wh- so, you agree that it's too long? I definitely agree it's too long. I also had, yeah, the, where, I also had the I same guess- thing... Where there's like eight tracks on the al- eight nine tracks on the album that stand out as very good tracks, and then you have like the ones at the end that I sort of felt were just on there for the sake of being on there. Yeah, so it didn't feel like an EP. Yeah. But so, where exactly did your attention fade, or was it more like a it went up and down? It was so. It's weird. So, for the first four, my attention was fully there. I sort of started to fade out a bit at Miracle Man. But, I mean, Bury Me Alive brought me back in, and I was good till probably about again and again. And then at that point, they all just sort of sound like summer classic pop songs. Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, it's a bit weird, but the only in the only thing I'd say I disagreed with with that a bit was track thirteen. Right. Introspective. Don't know yeah. why, but out of all the songs on the last bit of the album, that's the one that actually stands out to me. I don't know why. Yeah. But um, sh- should we get into what I think is this album's main problem? Yes. Okay, so Oliver Tree, the what the media called the king of style and substance. He with his EPs, he yeah. had the songs. He had the songs that could easily be pop radio hits. Yeah. But he also had that you know his style. You know the bowl cut, the glasses, all yeah. that kind of thing. He had that as well. He blended style and substance well like a proper popular artist should yeah um and then he hyped this album up himself because i don't know if you know about you know the making of this album the hyping of it no he um kept saying the album's coming it's coming and then kept going actually it's not coming you have to wait so essentially he built this hype up himself with his fan base right uh and there was times where he was like hyping it up to be like amazing, 
And you know, for a while, lots of people believed it. Honestly, I, I'll admit it. For a while, I I believed it. I believed this was going to be like a genuinely great blend of different things. It was going to be a great album. Um, what he promised on. The main issue for me is every time you think he's going to do something different, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. Every time you think, hey, up, he's brought the instrumentation back, he's doing some softer vocals, you're like, okay, where's this going to go? And then he just brings his drum machine back in and adds an acoustic guitar thing underneath or an electric guitar doing some chords underneath. Yeah. And that's my issue with this album. Right. He teeters on the edge of doing something actually interesting. Yeah. You know, because the songs that I like the most are the ones that aren't creative. They're just a straight up pop rock. Yeah. You know, Bury Me Alive, Jokes on You, Cash Machine, all that lot. Yeah. They're the ones that I like the most, but you know, that's because they're straightforward. They're just straightforward pop rock songs. Yeah. And then he tries to do different things, but he doesn't try enough. Yeah. He tells you, hey, look at this thing I'm doing. Then as soon as you pay attention to what he's doing, he stops doing it and he never does it again. Yeah. And that's my main issue with this album, is just as it gets interesting, it stops being interesting. Yeah. Just wondering to what extent you'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree with most of it. Um... I feel there were points that they definitely overused certain aspects they used earlier on. And I thought there were definitely points that he could have used other things that he used earlier on that he didn't use anywhere else that would have just made it better. Um, yeah. Oh, I will argue on the whole style. <laughs> What? No, uh, no, you know what I mean by style. Yeah. Not the fact that he looks good and he dresses good. Yeah. As in the fact that the way he markets himself. Yeah, yeah. Which, honestly, that's probably the most impressive thing about him and this album. Yeah. The marketing is creative. You got to give him that. Yeah. You know, you don't see Drake riding the world's biggest scooter. <laughs> and then falling you know? off and breaking his face. Yeah, so uh, just wondering, do you have any other like bigger problems with this album? Uh, not bigger than that, no. Ah, uh, I don't have any bigger. I have one more little thing, which, right. knowing what you normally talk about on these reviews, you might have picked up on. Yeah. Uh, at times, the production is uh, questionable. Yeah. At times, it feels like the bass drum is the loudest thing to ever exist. Yes, I did notice that. He uses, I think it's a sub bass sometimes. Yeah. When there's just no need. Yeah. It's almost like he's trying to make the song sound bigger. Yeah. But he's going about it the wrong way. If that makes sense. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're sort of the production guy. I've, think you'd probably be better talking about this than me. Yeah. Um, 
there were a lot of things production-wise I felt was unnecessary on this album. Like, a lot of, as you say, sub-bass, uh, I felt could have been toned down a bit. Uh, as well as, also, the mixing in areas. Like, Bury Me Alive, although the mixing is good, I did think the drums sort of overpowered a lot of... a lot of the other instrumentation. Um, yeah. Like the drum sample when it drops. Mm. It's just small things that sometimes make it difficult to listen to with songs. So, this album, for me, yeah. brought up a little problem that I thought we could have a very, very, very quick discussion about. Yeah. So, give me a second to count. So... So it's a 14 track album. Yeah. As I said before, too long. Yeah. Six of the songs were singles. Right. Six. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but for me that crosses the line of how many singles you should have per album. Yeah. You know, nearly half of this album you've heard before yeah. it's out um we we you spoke about this when we did sports team uh i did because they and released it, all the songs but four i think it was so there was only four new songs yeah and in a way this is just as bad in terms of the singles that were released they weren't all released for the album yeah yeah, a bunch of them were just like, hey, here's a song that we wrote. Get it out there quick. We can't hold on to this and wait. make people wait for a good product. Yeah. Get everything we have out there quick. Get it out there so everyone can hear how great we are. It feels a bit like he was rushing everything out that he had. Yeah. Definitely. And that's my problem with artists who release so yeah. many singles. It's like, I don't want to generalise, but... Lots of top 40 pop artists. Yeah. They'll release eight track albums. And, you know, six of the songs would have been, you know, top 10 radio hits. Yeah. So it's more like a fucking Spotify playlist than an album. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. Why buy a product that isn't complete, that isn't new, that you've heard before? Yeah. Which is why. I tend to get a bit annoyed at some records and artists who do it. Yeah. And it stops me buying the product. Yeah. You know, say I say an album came out, I listened to it the morning of that it came out. Yeah. The day it came out. And after listening to it, I go, hold on. There's only about six new songs on that. Yeah. Why should I go onto your merchandise store? And pay about twenty five pounds for a vinyl mm. to hear six new songs. Yeah, it's. I just considering I can buy each of those songs for about seventy nine p on iTunes and save twenty five quid of my money. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I, do it that I, way. I, yeah, I I know we've gone off of a. I know we've gone on a small tangent. Yeah. But for me, this album sort of highlights. 
one slash two of the main things I have a problem with is in modern mainstream music. Yeah. Overhyping something to just astronomical points where if your album is anything less than perfect, it's immediately gone. No, we don't want it anymore. And using it all as singles. Yeah. Um. Like, on a 14-track album, I would say three, possibly four to push is a good amount of singles. Yeah. I mean, if you have three songs to sum up an album for people to buy it, the full thing... That's yeah. very doable, especially on this album. Yeah. Um, something interesting. Yeah. Pitchfork. Right. Uh, what would you say they gave this? Knowing them, probably 9 out of 10. Or 9 and a half. 4.8 out of 10. Right. I feel that that's a bit low. Uh, it's a bit harsh, yeah. but not by much. He's probably a six or a seven. Yeah, because it is because the the parts that are good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It it something they compare certain things. Yeah. And I don't get half of what they say. You know. Uh, there's one point where they say. Um, let me find it quick. If you're... There's points on this album. Yeah. That after a while, you wonder why he doesn't hurry up and join 21 Pilots. Yeah. That uh, I mean... I, 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 I don't... I, yeah, but I don't, I don't want to be mean to Oliver Tree. But for me, 21 Pilots have so much more integrity artistically. Yeah, I can see that. One... There, I, personally, I think their form of marketing is better. Yes. You know the whole cryptic things that they do. Yeah. And two, uh, musically, I just prefer them. Yeah. I think the very little modern pop artists rival what Twenty One Pilots do. But comparing, the thing is, the sentence before they compare him to Twenty One Pilots, they talk about his voice as being a little shouty and a little whiny. Riddled with distortion. Oh, I mean, it's accurate. Yeah. But to say that you're going to go from that to comparing him to an artist like Tony Pilots. Yes. Yeah, you know. Far. They they said "Bury Me Alive" is heavily reggae influenced. I won't say heavily. No. And that, but you know, their final sentence sums up for me finally Pitchfork have done something good in the final sentence of their review for me they sum up this album great for every Oliver Tree there are dozens of others who can take his place yeah he is marketed like someone special yeah but in fact he's just another guy making yeah. he, generic pop rock his music doesn't sound special no but it is marketed as the only music that sounds like this on the market. Yeah. And I think that's probably where the main problems come from. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? No. Okay. Well, 
that was uh, Ugly is Beautiful by Oliver Tree. Yeah. You know, if you like if you like your pop rock basic, if you like it so you can nod your head along, you can drive your car to it, you know, you, you'll probably like this, like I do. But yeah. if you're looking for anything with, let's just say, artistic value, keep looking. Yeah. Uh, keep looking. At the end of the day, it's, it's got some good songs on it that I definitely yeah. listen to again yeah and definitely but i just wouldn't class it as i I wouldn't put it on that pedestal yeah it's it's overhyped but it's still good yeah well there you go once again that was ugliest beautiful the debut album from oliver tree In this one, yeah, I hope I've got this order in. I hope I've got this order in right. I'll fact check. Uh, in this next section, our second album of the week is going to be Kingdom by Bush. That was wrong, but that's fine. We can do it in that order. It doesn't really matter what order yeah. we do them in, we're doing them all anyway. Yeah, yes, Kingdom by Bush. Um, the eighth full length studio release from the British post grunge band of misfits led by Gavin Rossdale aka that bloke that people know from the fucking voice yeah Cause, uh, he didn't really do well on the voice did he because he left after one season and was replaced by Ollie Murs yes so <laughs> um, you know what I started off the last one I'm going to let you take right. the reins to start off uh, this album. Yeah. Um, so, my notes for this album, there's not a lot of them, but that's because it's an album with sick riffs, pretty decent construction, uh, pretty decent production, not construction, production, <laughs> and it just sounds good. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Well, I want to cover myself mm. in case there's a bit that doesn't sound good that I'm just forgetting about. Um, but yeah. The, I mean, the, there's some problems that I have. Uh, mainly production problems. Like the big ones are production problems. But apart from that. Can I? Uh, good album. Can, can I? Can I guess what? Um, can I guess what one of your big production problems is? Yes. Is it that sometimes 
Gavin Rossdale's voice is the only thing you can hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my main problems as yeah. well. Vocals too out of mix. I I you even, know when oh, he... I even went fancy with these notes. I even uh, said how I would have sorted the problem. Because I feel like it's probably not even too much of a mixing error. They've probably mixed it to the beginning of the track and they've got to this point and it's just too loud and they can't handle it and they don't need automation because that's an effort. So I would have I would have added compression on it and then automated it after. Because once you add compression it takes the lows and the highs and sort of equalizes them a bit and they just need to go over a little bit. But yeah, yep. the vocals yeah. were too out of the mix. It just sounded like there was a band playing and yeah, someone gets, happened to yeah. sing some things that you, you were, go, you, you know, sounded all right you, on top of it. You got a fucking sick riff coming in. Yeah. Then, then suddenly all you hear over the top is just, sweat stains in my blue suede shoes <laughs> over the top of it. And it, it, it blocks out every other part yeah. about the song. Well, we started with a negative here, but you know. I'm well, we didn't because I said it was a sick, ri sick riffs. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna come at you then. I'm gonna spin it round. Yes. Uh, I agree with you here. Yes. Some of the riffs on this album are fucking spectacular. Yes. Uh, prime example, I think, is it the title trap? Yes. It's either the title track or I think it is the title track. Flowers on the grave, on a grave. Flowers on a grave. Mm. No, the title track. Oh, title. Sorry, I thought you meant the yeah. first track. The Kingdom. No, title track. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the one that's got this really fast, almost... Uh, it, it's kind of weird, you know, because there's parts of this album, especially The Kingdom. You know the you know the big, fast riff? Yeah. It, I'm not quite sure how familiar you will be with what I'm about to say. You'll probably be... You probably know what I'm on about, but maybe yeah. not amazed. Like, you weren't... Uh, I know what I'm trying to say. I don't really know. I'm, uh, stop talking. <laughs> the, what I'm trying to say is track two, The Kingdom, the track listing. Yeah. Um, it gave me very Undertow by Tool vibes. Yes. Give me very early Tool vibes with the riffs, with the... To be honest, with the mixing as well. Yeah. With the fact that the drums were louder... But they they almost brought the bass back, but then at points the bass almost yeah. was shot back forward into the forefront. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I don't say about a lot of albums is that I thought the mixing was very. Um, oh, forgotten the word now. The mi the mixing was very active. It, it didn't like stay in one place for the entire album. It sort of moved about where it needed to. If yeah, you know. I think that's one of the I think that's one of the things that makes this album so interesting. Yeah. Like all the tracks don't sound the same. They yes, they all have a riff, they all have you know, Gavin Rustell shouting over top of them. Yeah. But they all sort of the um the probably the most interesting aspect of this record to me is the uh the electronic influence. Yeah. Some of the electronics on this are... It's weird because they sound like they're from the 90s, but they also sound like they're from the future. Yeah. In the least cheesy way possible way of saying that. Yeah. This album sounds classic, but it also sounds 
new. Yes. I think that's something quite hard to do. It's quite it's quite an achievement to be able to actually do that. Yes. Very big achievement. I mean, not everyone loved it. I don't know if you've seen the reception for this album. No, I haven't, actually. Uh, 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 well, I'll just tell you. Some some places gave it 4 out of 5, 5 out of 5. Places, well, not 5 out of 5. Yeah. Places were giving it 4 out of 5, you know, you know, 8 out of 10, going, this album is very good. Not perfect, but very good. Yeah. And then some places, like Rolling Stone, yeah. were giving it 1.5 stars. Right. Uh, you know, and then certain things were giving it like, somewhere gave it a B minus, somewhere certain you know magazines and stuff were giving it two stars out of five, and I'm yeah. like, you really? Well, that that's when two you, stars. That that's when you get indie, like spe- specialists on indie bands writing articles for this. Hold on, he used distortion on his guitar. That's not allowed. He used distortion on his guitar for more than the intro and the chorus. They put electronic stuff in their music. Oh, big no-no. Yeah. I mean... Wait a minute. Yeah. There's singers singing about things other than getting drunk with their mates. That's not allowed. That is blasphemy. Burn him <laughs> in a hole. Um, but, I mean, yeah... As much as our respect goes for Rolling Stones magazine and their wonderful lists, well, especially the well, top 500 albums ever, well, I think they're wrong the, the, on this. The bloke who the bloke who wrote it. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can get the exact um, quote up. He said something along the lines of, "Every song goes through the same." I think it was monochromatic grunge, is what he said. Right. Uh, so, I'm not quite sure what he was uh, expecting. You know? Yeah. Um, there was a big thing about Bullet Holes. Yeah. The, the song Bullet Holes, apparently, it uh, rips off... U2's Bullet the Blue Sky. Right. I wouldn't know. Because I don't know that much about U2. Yeah. I tend to not to listen to U2. I don't think... Yeah. I don't think I've ever listened to U2. I mean, some of their earlier albums are admittedly quite good. Right. But, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, he has the same... So essentially, part of our review, if you're listening now, right now, is sort of me, sort of, well, us sort of deciphering why some people think this is bad. Because in the same way that some people think this is bad might be the reason we think it's good. Yes. Because he said here, Rustow's voice becomes a distraction when it overpowers the group's whooshy guitar textures. One. Yeah. Whooshy guitar textures. I wouldn't call them whooshy. Washy? Uh, possibly. Yeah, washy, yeah. Whooshy, okay. sort of. Here we go. Here we go. But mostly, b- 
Bush's biggest sin is going back to the same well again and again, hoping to find something new. Something vital, but coming up empty-handed. Some Machine Head-style vocal on Falling Away. A bit of loud, quiet, loud dynamic on Sending the Clowns. A little no-sex-in-your-violence lyrical head-scratches throughout Blood River. Yeah. I... Uh, I don't get what this bloke's trying to say. They're going back to the same things over and over again. They're a band. Yeah. That's what bands do. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's, de- he's right. They are doing the same thing over and over again. But I feel but like not... they're doing it differently to... It's not boring. No, it's definitely not boring. One of the main things I said about... One of the main things I said I like about this album is that it's very technical. It doesn't just sound good, it's technically good. Yeah. Um, this article also sort of highlights the thing that's been a problem with Rolling Stone. Yeah. I know it sounds weird coming from Rolling Stone, but you know, recently, they don't like giving high ratings to old bands. Right. That sounds weird, because Rolling Stone have always been the... Oh, this album from 25 rock. years ago is the best album ever made. Ever. Yeah. But recently, they, they have been loving newer bands and older bands that are releasing newer albums yeah they've started going get out of here here's these new bands now that are better so I feel like they were harshly judged by Rolling Stones for this one I think it was probably just the bloke who wrote it yeah but see I, I, I will admit this album is not their best. It is nowhere near. Right. I, I'd say it, it's nowhere near. Their last couple of albums, I'd say like the last three. Right. Have been boring. Let's just say that. Yeah. So, Sea of Memories, Man on the Run, and Black and White Rainbows. They were all spectacularly boring. Yeah. Like, they were so Fucking, I can't remember a whole uh, like a song from any of them. They were just boring. But their first three albums, uh, specifically, what's it called? Second one, Razorblade Suitcase from nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Yeah, this album doesn't hold a torch to it. But then again, you can't really compare a band in their prime in the nineties. To a band in 2020, trying to... Yeah. Pretty much just trying to get away with keeping on making music. Because, honestly, if they hadn't have made this album as good as it is, I don't know if Bush would be around for much longer, because I don't think many people would be bothered. Yeah. I mean, to give you a bit of context, if you're not familiar with... Bush's back catalogue. The three albums that I just said were very boring. Right. Um, they sound nothing like this. Okay. They gave up on riffs, they gave up on heavier sounds, and they went towards some more quote unquote interesting, diverse sounds. Right. Uh, and obviously that's why everyone loves this album. Yeah. Because they returned back to their original thing. They came back with a heavier 
harder hitting, riff heavy, post grunge, well, just grunge album. Yeah. You know, it. Before I let you say anything else you have to say, I'm just going to end it with. I think this album's very good. The riffs are great. The mixing, for the most part, is pretty great. My only problem with it, my only problem with it, I do think it's a bit too long. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it's 12 tracks. Yeah. 14 tracks if you count in the bonus things, but I was only on digital and stuff. Yeah. So, 12 tracks. If they'd have cut it down to like 8 tracks, 9 tracks. Yeah. That would have been an incredible album yeah. to me. But, you know, just like the Oliver Tree album a minute ago, it sort of fades off towards the end for me. Yeah. So I'm going to let you talk for a bit now because I've been talking for a while. i going to let you um, say what else you have to say. Well, there's not a lot I have to say. I do think for m- some of the reviews you read out, this album was unfairly judged. Um... I yeah, I think it's a good album. It's certainly like I don't think it'll win best album ever. But no, no. Listening to it every time I've listened to it after like every different time I've listened to this album, I always pick on pick up on something new. And that's what I like about this album and very few albums for me do do that. Um mm. So, yeah, a, f- a f- yeah, eight or nine tracks in this album would have got a f- probably better review in my book, but it's still good, nevertheless. Okay, I'm just, uh, you know, how on Rolling Stone articles at the bottom, yeah, uh, there's comments where you can comment on the article, yeah. Um, I have a a bunch of people going this article is wrong like it's just one and a half stars is just mean it's not perfect but it's mean yeah so i'm like yeah and then i go down and there's a user by the name of mother mountain yeah so mother mountain if by some miracle you're listening to this hear what i'm about to say uh their review, I'm going to only presume it's a woman, because the name Mother Mountain, uh, says, I think Gavin Rostow has spent days creating accounts here to reject this review. It's the only explanation. This album is not good. I am not sure what people are hearing. On the off chance, they all aren't Gavin trying to change the tone. This review was honest, and I disagree with this website's reviews often. The lyrics on this album alone rated it a one at best. Vocals may be a two. Songwriting is not Gavin Rostell's strong suit. Maybe leave that to someone else next time. File the kingdom under Skip It and save yourself. So if Gavin Rostell's strong suit is not songwriting, why has he been in one of the most successful grunge bands for the past 25 odd years? (laughs) Yes. You know, this is the man who wrote Glycerine. This is the man who wrote... The early Bush albums. He, he wrote fucking Razor Blade Suitcase. And you're going to tell me that he doesn't know how to write a song. Also, this, the vocals make this album a two. What? That's, yeah. 
Um, I'm going to use a word which I don't use often because it enrages people if I say it when I'm talking about them. But she's delusional. There's, oh, there's more, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, Please continue. KC, KCM. Listen to it twice, and wow, this album is really bad. Why was Gavin Rostell ever a thing? His lyrics are just the worst, and if he can get past those without hurling, the rest is pretty bad too. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Everyone's hating on him. Yeah. The- it's all him. I I didn't personally didn't pay attention to the lyrics. I generally don't, which is well, you don't need to. It's a grunge album. Yeah, that that's like listening to Nirvana and saying, "Oh, they're talking about things that wouldn't be accepted these days." That makes them bad. Or um, uh. that's like listening to Ramones and taking whatever they say as the truth like the kkk stole my baby if you listen to that and took that as truth that's what they're doing here it's so you know what it's calling out him unnecessarily which is i'm gonna a bit bad. I, i'm gonna end this yeah. on um there's a user called mjg yes I'm gonna end it on what they say because i think it's a really nice summary of I don't know if you've caught on to this by now, listeners, but instead of actually using our brains and summarising what we think, we tend to find what other people say because other people say it way better. Yes. Um, This user said, I just want to point out, people point at bands that try something different and how it's not as good. Then bands keep a similar sound and just evolve it small amounts, keeping their core fans happy, and people like this author complain about that fact. It's a no-win situation. Personally, I'm enjoying the album and look forward to when the world opens up so I can see this album live. This is what this album is. It is Bush's original core sound, but they've changed it slightly by adding those, you know, the electronic elements. Yeah. And, you know, I I might be mad. People can call me wrong all they want, but personally, the electronic elements are one of the best parts about this yeah. fucking album. They're done really well. So I think this is a case of a band... You know the age-old joke now. You know, band makes album that sounds like the last one. People tell them they should change. Bands change their sound. People tell them they should sound like they used to. There's no winning for bands. Yeah. They're going to upset people no matter what. And it just so happens that Bush have upset people by doing what they've been telling them to do for the past ten years. Yeah. Because when the albums came out that were boring, people told them they should go back to their old ways. And now they've gone back to their old ways, people are telling them they should do something else. Yeah. It's... uh, Overall, I like this quite a lot. It's not perfect, but I like it. Yeah. Do you have anything else? No. No? No. Okay, well... That was The Kingdom by Bush. Uh, you know, if you if you just like songs with good riffs, just straight up grunge slash post-grunge with a bit of experimentation into like electronics, go listen. You'll probably really like it. Yeah.
So, the next album, well, the last new album for this week is Fantasies of a Stay-at-Home Psychopath by The Blinders. Uh, so, I had a, uh, a medium amount to say about this album. Um, uh, I, well, you're going to be doing some talking then, because I don't have much. Right. Well, okay, you start us off then, Kevin. What do you... Okay. Um, this sounds like a 70s band trying to cover Humbug Era Arctic Monkeys. That's round about all I have to say. <laughs> wow. there, there is nothing that stands out to me as great. There's nothing that stands out to me as terrible. It just sort of exists. Yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Some of the riffs are pretty good, but after a while, they all sort of blend into the same thing. Uh, it's, it's, as I say, it's a 70s sort of almost like lounge rock band trying to cover Humbug songs. And, you know, again, you're going to be doing quite a lot of talking doing this because I really don't have much to say about this album. Yeah. I, the first time I listened to it, I I was taken aback. I was like, damn, these riffs are good. Ooh. Um, second time I listened to it. Okay. Just losing a bit of his magic. Third time. What song is this now? And then they also just blended into one. Yeah. I uh, I had very similar thoughts. To be fair, I wrote uh, sounds like humbug, sounds seventies. Um, yeah. It's it's a bit weird this album, as in, it's not bad. It's not bad in any way. Well. It's bad as some. For the most part, it's not bad. But it's no. It's by far not great. Uh, I think this album is very forgettable. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I'd yeah. agree with that. I know a few episodes, uh, I believe episode one, we said. You should never judge an album for the album that came previously. But I sort of did that. <laughs> um, just because I felt it was... The differences between this album and the one that came previously, not necessarily in genre, because they, were, they sounded like they could be off the same album. But there was just so much. There were so many differences in the production and the song quality that I just had to. For me, I had to compare it. So, for example, the production was very clear and it sounded very. You know. It sounded very. I, I wrote the word classic, but I don't think. That's a way to describe production. It, it sounded very clear. It sounded very produced. Whereas I thought Columbia, it, it had a bit more of a raw tinge to it. It wasn't just like they've got a guy to process everything. 
to make it as professional as possible. It had a bit of... It had a bit of... Um, what's the word? Excitement about the production. Whereas I find the production on this, it just sort of stays the same throughout. And it's not... You know, once you've heard the production of track 1, you've heard the production of track 11. And all the tracks yeah. in between. And I just thought it could have been a bit more active. There were some tracks where I would have liked to hear a more active production because it would have pushed it up. It would have made it better. Um, yeah, it's it's very difficult to judge this album in general just because it's quite... It's like... There are, there are albums that have done better that sound exactly like this but have worse production but I like them more. See, a few places, a few people slash magazines slash websites yeah. have called this album a grower. You yeah. know, the more you listen to it, the more you understand it, the more you like it. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a very small minority of people that were the opposite. Yeah. I really liked it when I first listened to it, and every time I've listened to it since, it's just gotten more and more and more bland. Yeah. But it doesn't sound bland, and that's what confuses me. Yeah. There's nothing bland about it. The riffs are big, the riffs are energetic, the vocals are out there, the lyrics are poignant, like poetic. So why am I bored by this? Yeah. And to tell you the truth, I don't have an answer. Everything about this album sounds like something I would latch onto and go, this thing's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't. I don't, I, you know, I'm in a very small minority because this album has been receiving massive, you know, four and a half stars. Some places even gave it five stars. Yeah. You know, and I don't get why. But then again, that's just me. So, yeah. And, you know, my uh, tastes are personal. Yeah, I sort of... I sort of feel the same. I mean, for you, I think, as you mentioned, it went down. Literally, every listen, it went down a bit. Whereas, it tended to be like... I listened to it three or four times through, and then it started to go down. Like, yeah, it's possibly because I listened to it literally after each other. So I listened to it once and I listened mm. to it again and then again without really having a break. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's possibly why, because I always find on a first listen, you don't really pick up every single song. So, which is why I do it three times in a row, because then I generally pick up all of them. But it did get to a point after a few days where I was like, I can't tell you the difference between 40 Days and 40 Nights and Circle Song. You know, mm. it's... I mean, I can't. Um, I can't remember there being a song that isn't mid-tempo, 
you know, riff and you know a mid tempo mm. bop along while you their song. I mean I'm glad they released this. Yeah, it's in a way it proves they're more than what people thought they were. Yeah. I, yeah. But at the same time, it's weird. They've proved that they are more than what people thought. You know, they they prove that um, they prove that people people thought of them as just another one of those bands that's going to make one big debut indie album. Yeah. Then they're going to disappear. You know, and then obviously this has come out, and now people think the opposite to that, and that they're going to be here to for a while. They're going to be one of the big British acts in the next few years. They're going to start doing bigger and bigger shows. Yeah. Uh, but in a way, this album's also proved that they are what people think they are. Yeah. They they can't experiment. Yeah. You know, very well, they tend to just... I don't get it. They have simultaneously proved and disproved people's beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have else? No, there's not really a lot more to say about this album at all. It's, you know, it's not... I don't think it's as good as their first album. Uh, no. Um. I would agree with that. I mean, I'm glad they released it, because it sort of secured their place in the industry. But at the same time, I would have liked more from the album. In terms of song quality, and it just sounded too polished for my liking, for especially an album of this genre. Yeah. It sort of put me off it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, that that was a discussion that wasn't really a discussion, it was just sort of... Explaining why we like it, but we don't, but we should, but we don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was Fantasies of a Stay-at-Home Psychopath. Yes. By The Blinders. Yes. And I'm going to do my usual thing. If you like your indie rock with a bit of 70s tinge in there, a bit of lounge tossed in there, but then with some big punk inspiration, go listen to this album. Yeah. You'll like it. We're having a surprise segment. We did one it surprise we did segment. one in episode eight, but as well, as you've heard, episode the eight is forgotten the forgotten episode eight. It is um no longer with us. Cue the sad um Scottish music. Oh <laughs> Bagpipe. Yeah. Cue the bagpipe yeah, music. Cue the bagpipe. Um, 
thing is, when I put the bagpipe music in, it's gonna be like the happiest song. So it's not gonna make any sense. Wait, you, you ready? I'll give you, I'll give you a point to fade them out. To you, yeah. Piece always makes me cry when I've lost a loved one. Yes. <sighs> anyway, let's move on before I become an emotional wreck. Yes. The loss so, of my dear friend, episode eight. Yes. So this is um we thought well I thought there wasn't enough discussion in these episodes because generally we agree with each other a lot, which is we do. Um, well I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, so we're now going to discuss something that's completely. <laughs> unrelated to any of the music that we've just been reviewing or are going to review in today's episode. So, yes. We're going to be talking about actually this would have fit really nicely in the London Calling episode. Yeah, oh well. But we're going to be talking about reggae versus ska. Now, they're sort of associated with each other, but why? That is the main question today. Why are they associated with each other? Well, I'm just saying they both use that two and four. Yeah. But, but, but. Yeah, I understand. But, but. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, I'm not saying it for you, I'm saying it for people at home who might not understand what I mean. Right. They both use that, which, to, to be honest, is the main similarity. Yeah. It's just probably the own similarity, so... Yes. Well, that's what I'm on about. If, if you take out all the things that are similar, so um, the 2-4, the use of the... Um, what's it called? The steel drum. Take out the use of the yeah. steel drum... Then you're left with two different completely. You're left with two completely different bits of music. Mm. Uh, two completely different things, like reggae. What do you think of when you think of reggae? <laughs> <laughs> well, just Rasta culture in general. So smoking, smoking a lot of the devil's lettuce. Uh, you know, just sort of chilling out. Yeah, exactly. Chilling out is quite low key. There's not a lot going on. Let's just well, apart from like Damien Marley's yeah. sort of stuff. Oh god. Um, yeah, there, there's not a ton of stuff going on. There's it's just you know you're sitting in your backyard on a pool floaty with some with a spliff in your mouth. Um, there, there, there is. Uh, I don't know what I was about to say. You can cut that if you want, or you can leave it in and make me seem like an idiot. Well, you won't seem way. like an idiot. Uh, I do all the time. I say, th I start saying things, and I have to say something that's probably completely different to what we're talking about. But, but yeah, it's all like laid back. It's um, it's like when you're going down the motorway at one in the morning. You're not really got any distractions. You're not stopping mm. and waiting. However, scar music is like the motorway during w rush hour. It's like this is the M six. It's the M six. Yes. Of, of genres. It's there's so much going on. It's it's like the city centre 
It's like a city centre of genres. Okay, so what what I'm gonna add really quickly. Yeah. Which do you prefer? Probably reggae. I'd rather listen to reggae than ska. Really? I think so. Ooh, Although I probably listen to more ska music than reggae. For me, ska is ten times better than reggae. Right. Ska, the, the artists that use ska, also because of the different. You know, ska's not just ska. Yeah. Ska's got various different. Yeah. Sub genres in it. You know, ska's everything from you know specials. Yeah. And things like Madness. I don't like Madness very much. Uh, you know, No Doubt was a ska band for a bit. Yeah. She's, um, you know, there's some rap, there's some crap ska bands like UB40. Yeah. But, you know, um, but then you've got the ska bands that I like. Yes. Such as, you know, um, uh, fucking, what are they called? Mm, interrupters. You know, uh, interrupters, Rancid, No Effects, Less Than Jake, you know, Sublime, Operation Ivy. They're all ska bands. Yeah. So just for that, I'd say ska's better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bob Marley or Rancid. Bob Marley or Operation Ivy. Mm. Yeah, but... It's not, it's not the hardest decision. No, definitely not. I, as I say, I listen to more ska music than I do reggae. But I think I prefer, like, out of all the ska music there is, I think I'd rather listen to reggae than the really bad ska album, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, it's just, I know I'm going to sound like I'm cultural appropriating here, yeah, that's not even a word, but I just made it up. But uh, to me, from all the reggae artists I've heard, yeah, I've heard a few, I can't name many because I wasn't, I, I didn't pay attention to their specific names. But from the reggae artists I've heard, they're all very, very similar. Yeah. There, there's not a lot of variation. You know, I, I'd rather go from, you know, Rancid to The Specials yeah. to, like, Madness to No Doubt, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. If you see what I mean, um, I only prefer I only prefer Scar Scar but, because of its so, variations. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. Um. But so reggae, it sounds the same, but that's part of the reason I like it. I don't like a lot of music that sounds the same, but when I'm listening to reggae, I don't know if it's gone to the next song or not. You know, it's just sort of background, it's very good background music. Whereas I feel like with Scar, you have to pay a lot of attention. And I'd rather. Well, not really. Well, when I listen you're to Scar, me you're, I tend you're, to pay you're, you're, you're telling me you've ever sat down and properly paid attention to an Operation Ivy record? Well, yes. Have you have you ever sat down and paid loads of attention to a rancid record? Yes. No. Why? Because the because there's so much going on that I just have to pay attention to it. 
Yeah. I guess we're different what we pay attention to. I stick stuff on like that yeah. in the background. Which is, I tend to, well, I hardly stick reggae on anyway, but. Mind you. If I, if I was to pick an album to listen to out of a reggae and a scar album, I'd pick a scar album. But if I was just doing stuff in the background and I fancied a bit of slow music that isn't jazz, because jazz is arguably good and bad and stuff, but we're talking about reggae, I'd stick on a reggae album. Mm. Or just a reggae playlist. That is made by Apple Music, probably. Just shuffle. Mm. You know, you don't have to pay a lot of attention to it. Yeah. There's not a ton going. Then again, on. if it's something that I'm just sticking on in the background, yeah. it's never scar or reggae. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah. I don't I don't listen to much of either of the genres apart from like Rancid and Operation Ivy and stuff. Yeah. I don't listen to stuff from many of the genres. Yeah. But you know. That's not what I go to for background music. Yeah. To be fair, I don't I don't generally put reggae on. G- generally, uh when it comes to, you know, we're flipping the topic a bit here. Yeah. Having a bit of an actual discussion, <laughs> hence uh, we're living up to our title. Yes. Um, when it comes to like putting stuff on in the background, it's I will admit it's usually things that don't have words. Yeah. Because otherwise, obviously, you get too focused in the rhythm, the melody, or that kind of thing. It tends to be things that don't have too many words in them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lo- most of the time, well, not most of the time, there has been quite a few occasions where I find myself, I, I, you know, I listen to soundtracks quite a lot. Yeah. I listen to game scores, I listen to movie scores, you know. Um, so, like, uh, I'm trying to think of some good examples. The God of War soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, the Cuphead soundtrack, mainly. Over the Garden Wall, the cartoon, the soundtrack... I just do a bunch of soundtracks because they're just easy. You just stick them on. Yeah. But if I'm looking for an actual artist, here's where I show that I'm a hipster. Uh, secret hipster. Incoming. Uh, is where I put my experimentally jazzy, you know, psychedelic prog stuff on. So as in, if I'm looking for stuff to put on in the background that isn't just you know a score it isn't just strings and yeah big orchestra stuff it'll be artists like i don't know super organism unknown mortal orchestra fucking even metronomy sometimes or metronomy yeah. if you want to say it like that but, you know i've just proved that i'm a secret hipster with those yeah. three artists but you know that's just yeah how i do it but then again i have days where I'll, I'll be like, right, I need to put something on in the background of me cleaning up this room. Yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, I'll stick this soundtrack on. I'll get 30 seconds in and I'll go, I don't want to listen to a soundtrack. Yeah. I want something I can bop to while I'm doing it. Yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm a bit of a weirdo, but you know, 
terms of an album to uh, stick on while I'm cleaning a room. Yeah. I tend to put uh, quite heavy stuff on while I'm cleaning because, I don't know, gives me motivation. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Generally, I, I, so it's a bit weird that I put this on generally in the background of stuff, but um, some of the later, so when I say some of the later, I mean probably the latest two Cage the Elephant albums. I found, I found myself putting them on in the background. You know. So, what? Social cues and... Um, get it up. Social cues and... and... Well, they might have released one after this, but I put this one on, I just assumed. Uh, metophobia. Melophobia. Wow. Okay, yeah, that's, that's not the last two. Yeah. Well, I put those there two is. on... They at least tell me I'm pretty. Yeah. Which, by the way, to anyone listening, fucking sucks. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, oh, there was also another album that I put on in the background when you first told me about it. I remember you really... I can't actually remember what it's called now. Oh, wh- wait, describe it. I'll guess. I remember Still you really game. loved it, like, so much. They're from America, I believe. Oh wait, no, was it Australia? I think it was America. Um, it was like melodic, heavy, spaced out. Spaced out? Yeah. No, don't look it up. Gotta think of what you're uh, getting. Just remember what you can remember, and I'll guess from what you can remember. This is an interest. Sorry if people are listening to this and are insanely bored. Not not really that bothered. Jared. Yeah. Describe to me what you can remember. Um. So as far as I'm aware, it was black on the screen cover, the 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 album cover. I remember you told me about it, and you were like, "I adore this album so much." It was very recently. Well, I say very, very recently. recently. It was before lockdown. Oh, it was... Okay, no, not not that recently, though. Yeah, but sort of recently. It was right before lockdown. It was still a good six months ago. Yeah. Um... Oh, this is a tough game. You can edit out all of our awkward silences yeah. here, by the way. It's quite... Um, quite difficult to describe it uh, um, hmm. I, I'd like to say psychedelic but I, I don't think you'd class it as psychedelic I don't think I'd give you psychedelic stuff I'm honest well it yeah, uh, it, um, it's like the vocals had like tons of reverb on it. 
helpful. Uh, I, I remember I saw on Instagram they had a band practice. I think you sent it to me. And they had like four keyboard players and like two guitarists. I'm so confused. Hang on, let me get. We'll cut. We'll cut most of this out. Let me just go back to try and find it. Four keyboard players. Or it might have been two. They had more than one keyboard player. Hmm. Oh, uh, I think I remember it. Uh, I know it wasn't their most recent album. It was like their second most recent album. That you liked the most. Trying to think. Oh, I think I remember what it is now. Yes, right. Okay, resume podcast. Um, so I stick on occasionally in the background. Uh, death spells, holy thorn. Where are you getting keyboard player from? I thought I thought I saw in a band practice they had like a keyboard player on no. their Instagram. No, they're a four piece. They don't have a keyboard player. Oh, okay, not even live. They play to tracks. Alright, okay. I thought I saw a keyboard anyway. player once. Uh, I... Uh, okay, well, I'm just going to finish up this discussion bit because we've got another album to talk about, you know. Um, but I just want to say, in, in riposte to what you've just told me, uh, I would not put that on in the background, personally. Okay. But that's just because there's so much happening. Yeah. Like you said, Pascal. Yeah. There's just too much happening for me to be able to... Yeah. yeah. There you go. So, that was the discussion. Actually, tell you what. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to do this. I know I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but I'm going to say it right now. Um, gives a bit more interaction. Yeah. Uh, tell us what you thought of that segment. Yeah. Messages on Instagram or email us if you'd like to hear us discuss more topics. Yeah. Preferably music related because that's what we're here for. Yeah. We um, don't like to talk about speci- politics very much. So. Yeah. If there's a specific topic you'd uh, yeah. like us to talk about, uh, give us a message or even just tell us what you thought of that segment. And if people don't really like it, that we just won't do it. Yeah. But, you know, if people like to hear us talk about random things, then we'll talk about random things. Yeah, we're trying new stuff to, you know, keep people interested. Yeah, because otherwise this is going to get old. fast. I'm an alligator. I'm a mama, papa coming for you. I'm a space invader. 
Onto the final section of the episode, PP section, yeah. air horns. I hope you added some <laughs> sound effects here, otherwise that sounds really stupid. Um, final section is the PP section, the personal picks section. Last week we did do a discussion on uh, "Dirty" by Sonic Youth, yes. but obviously, bring back the bagpipes. The episode was lost. The bagpipe, the bagpipe's gonna fuck off now. Back to haggis land. Um, yeah, we. So after we'd done that, we thought, you know what, we're not gonna redo that discussion unless people really want us to. Yeah. Let us know. It, it was um, a very good discussion, especially because we compared it to Doolittle, the previous, previous episodes, episodes album. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. We decided we'd just move on and head on with the picks. So, Jared's picks was next. And for this week's PP section, Jared picked The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, the fifth studio album from David Bowie. Yes. Released in 1972. So I'm going to hot potato it over to Jared to explain why he picked this album. Yes. Um, you just froze, Kevin. So I'm just gonna get okay, a second to I'll you come back. Um, I won't note it because I'll remember to take it out. Right, you're back. Right. Okay. You going to do all of that again? No, 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 because no, no, I, I'll just, I'll just, because it ended with you saying, "I'll throw over to Jared what he's gonna say about this and this." And then it just was silent, so I just cut it. Okay, well, I said to explain why you picked this album. So, yeah. cut point. Uh, so, Kevin, I picked this album because, although I don't have, like, the biggest knowledge of David Bowie's catalogue, I've listened to many of his albums. Uh, probably this one the most but i just thought we might have some good discussion with it because it's quite an interesting album uh, yeah it, it is yeah. it's definitely definitely interesting so is there any specific thing you wanted to talk about uh not particularly just the album in general so i struggled to find out al- Songs off this album that I don't like. 
Oh yeah, there, there isn't a song on this album that I don't like. Yeah. There's one that I struggle to listen to for certain things. I.e. Um, the particular riff the bass is playing sounds a little bit out of tune and it just makes me want to go into the fetal position on the floor. Fun. Um, um. But apart from that, generally, every song is very good. Uh, so, this album has a lot of music techniques in it. I'm specifically okay. talking about the structure of track two with the whole one bar of four, one bar of three, one bar of four, one bar of three, four bars of four, one bar of four, one bar of three, one bar of four, one bar of three. It's quite interesting structure to use. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> going great. So you picked this album because you thought it'd be great to talk about, but you don't know what to well, talk the, the, about. Well, there's things I could talk about. I'm just, you know. Oh, go, go on then. Okay, right. So. Let's start. So there are a few things that I have. Uh, there are a few issues I have with this album. But I often find that it was, it was sort of changed halfway through the song, or like... In my head, it became all right halfway through the song, and that is the production-wise, obviously. Um, most of it sounded out mix, like the mix was very good at the beginning of the song, but then halfway through it, just sort of redeemed itself, but still out. I felt the vocals were mixed very high. Well, the kind of need to be yeah but like there were some points that i felt they could have been brought or, down a bit and still had the same effect and power or, 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 or um, yeah but then you risk people not getting the story i'm, I'm guessing you knew that there was a story to this yeah album. i know i know i know there's a story yeah, okay. i know it's a concept it's album sure. kevin because i i've i've spoke to people who didn't realize there was a story to yeah. this album there's definitely a story i can hear the story is that code for you don't know what the story is but you know there is one. i know there is a story yes um but do you know what the story is well i know it's based loosely upon things what okay but what, what what i'd say is i don't want to sound like a really big nerd yeah. and a massive fucking knobhead about this subject but for me this album gets so much better when you listen to it in context to the story of it yeah yeah that makes sense yes yes it does make sense i mean i i loosely understand a sort of story I get that it's based on five years I understood that he kept the character alive for five years right and then he killed him off so okay so five years yeah. the opening track is because in the world that this is set yeah. in there's five years before the world ends yeah. 
Ziggy Stardust is a fictional rock star. And the world is going to end because there's no natural resources left. Yeah. This is this is 1971 and David Bowie was doing social commentary. Yeah. And um, essentially, Ziggy was in a band. Uh, he was in a rock and roll band, but the generation that he lived in didn't want rock and roll anymore. So, Ziggy was told to go and get some news. And there is no news in this world because the world's going to end. There is no news. So go and spread it. So, you know, uh, the song... Uh, he has a song about it. I've forgotten what it is. It's not on this album, though. Uh, he has a song about it. But... um, There's this really weird concept he goes into where these, these things called the infinites... Right. Which are sentient black holes that make themselves look like people. Right. So... Ziggy has a dream one day where one of the infinites tells him to write about the coming of a man from space. Hence why there's the song Starman. Yeah. Because that's Ziggy singing about this thing. Um, so all these people then latch onto what he's saying. They all start going, oh my God. He's talking about a man from space. Yeah. Obviously he's talking about the infinites. Um, so... Ziggy's talking about a spaceman. Yeah. And obviously, the infinites are not a spaceman. They are black holes that know that they're black holes. Yeah. But um, they travel into our universe and between universes by jumping through black holes as well. Yeah. So, Ziggy believes in all of this. You know, he knows all of this thing of... He knows they are interdimensional beings and things like that. And he, because he had the dream, he he considers himself a prophet. Right. Hence why he gets really cocky. And um, he is kept alive by his followers, or what he calls his disciples. And then the infinites arrive, essentially, one day. And they start taking bits of Ziggy off him. Yeah. So they start taking chunks off of his body because... You know, they're, they're black holes. They can't exist without a physical form. Yeah. So they start singing. They're singing? They start taking pieces of Ziggy to form themselves. Yeah. And that's what the final song, Rock and Roll Suicide's about. Right. That's Ziggy as a prophet offering himself to these almighty gods, which are killing him so that they can rule. Right. That's the story of the album, pretty much. Ziggy's a prophet for these interdimensional sentient black holes that eventually kill him live on stage. Right. So, <laughs> it's a bit of a complicated, like, concept. Yeah. But, but, the for me, the album has so much more life when, you know, compared when, you know, you know the story. Yeah. Because otherwise, it just seems like there's a story, but it's not needed. Yeah. And yeah, the story isn't needed. But for me, the story adds so much more. Yeah. To it. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand. Yes. That. I've just I've just taken a significant chunk of our time just explaining the story. Well, that's not a bad thing. There's probably people that didn't know the story, like myself. Um, but 
Um, but yeah, I f I feel like the story does make the album better. Yeah, it, it it's a, it's, a, it's weird because yeah. it's it is a social commentary. Yeah. I mean, and it's a good album on its own, without the yeah. commentary behind it. And I would, it's yeah, definitely amazing album. With it, it does sort of start to make more sense the production decisions with the story there. Uh, I mean, for me, yeah. the parts in the story which seem the most dramatic, aka, you know, Starman and Rock and Roll Suicide, yeah. they tend to be the songs that to me have the most. I don't know if I'd say flair. The most almost dramatic production. Yeah. The production is definitely more dramatic on those songs. Um, in fact, it's almost like... I know, This makes a lot of sense because it's the last track of a concept album. But Rock and Roll Suicide definitely sounds like it could be used on like an end point of a movie. Yeah. You know, as they ride See, off... Into the hill. <laughs> it, it was it was weird because you know for years after this album came yeah. out, uh, David never he never confirmed what the story was. He let people make it up for themselves. Yeah. So a bunch of people had you know rock and roll suicide. Yeah. Instead of giving himself to these almighty people, a lot of people thought it was just Ziggy died, and then one of his biggest fans killed himself because the star died you know yeah. but then eventually Bowie did eventually do an interview where he confirmed the story yeah. and the story is really different to what everyone thought but he said that's my version of the story it doesn't have to be yours yeah. but you know to me to, to, to not acknowledge his version okay the man that created it to not view his version of the story as the canon one. Yeah. Would be a bit stupid. Yeah. I mean, that's what the story and the songs are based off, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I have to say, it's not my favourite Bowie album. Right. I think. My favourite one might be the one that came after. Right. I think. Which was. Uh, Aladdin Sane. Right. Because um, after Ziggy. Yeah. Uh, Bowie was like, you know, I've ended the character. But people want me in a character. But he was like, I don't want to do Ziggy again because his story's done. So what he did was he made up an entirely new character. Yeah. Aladdin Sane. But yeah, that's probably my favourite one, probably. But Ziggy Stardust was the first Bowie album I ever properly got into. It wasn't the first I heard. Yeah. I think... Could it be Hunky Dory? I can't remember if it was Hunky Dory. Hunky Dory, I think, was the first one I heard, which is the one before Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. But Ziggy Stardust is the first one I properly... Paid attention to yeah. and loved. You know? Yeah. 
it the, the thing about this album that I love is the fact that it is a concept, but it the concept of the story never feels forced. Yeah. It's never like a guys look, here's a story in this song. It's always just here's a song and there's a story there if you want it. Yeah. It's not shoved down your throat. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Bowie's version of the story isn't my favourite version. Right. Uh, my favourite version is the fact that Ziggy Stardust is an alien. Right. That uh, comes down to Earth and pretends to be a rock star to create songs that tell people of, you know, because it's five years till the Earth dies and things like that. Yeah. You know, I like that thing of him spreading his thing. But in terms of if you look at the lyrics of the album and how it was structured, David's official view of how it goes is the most, you know, is correct because that's what he built the album around. Yeah. That's why I need the slidey thing. Okay, yeah. right, um, where should I go from? Do you want cut point? <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't really have, I, I honestly don't have much to say about it. Right. I know we said it would be good discussion. Yeah. But honestly, I don't think there's any way you could discuss this album not being great. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, to be fair it was definitely set up to fail. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you talk about anything else you wanna talk about for a second because I just went on a massive rant about the story and stuff. So. But no, it's all valid stuff. Um but yeah. It's I like I like how it has nods to lots of things. Like, like it has, it has, a, has lots of nods to different genres in the rock and roll and rock in general. Like, punk, yeah. rock and roll, even as that, um, I don't know how you describe it, but it has the sort of, you know, the... You know, the sort of Elton John style rock type thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, To me, this album has a lot of... I know it's a bit of a random comparison. Although I think once I've said it, it makes itself obvious. To me, I hear a lot of... You know, I saw someone say it in a review once. And ever since it's made me think of it. This album gives me a lot of vibes similar to... The Plastic Ono Band yeah. section of Lennon's solo stuff. Yeah. Definitely. I honestly, I, I've run out. I've run out of things to say. Yeah. I just, I, I love this album, and that's about yeah. it. Well, do you have what else to say? No. So, let's move swiftly on to deciding what Kevin's pick is going to be. Oh joy! Um. It is difficult 
because now I'm trying to pick an album which I could either go with another one which I think would just be interesting or I could use these opportunities to give albums that I don't know if I'd normally give Jared but I can because I want to talk about them you do whatever you feel yeah, fuck it then. I've been listening to it. Well, I've listened to it a shit ton since it came out, but I'm going to do it now. Right, next week, my pick is going to be Holy Ghost, which is the third and final album by Modern Baseball, one of my top ten all-time favourite bands. That might, probably might, that might surprise a few people, but... Yeah, Holy Ghost by Modern Baseball is what we will be covering right. next week. Or, I mean, for the listeners, in a few days. So, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Along with... I'm not sure what we're covering next time. I'm pretty sure it'll be uh, Neck Deep, probably. Maybe Fontaine's. Try to get it up. Uh, I mean, we'll probably do Neck Deep, Fontaine's, and then Creeper as well, I think. They'll be the three. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Fuck it, I'll give a rundown then. Next week on episode... Well, I say next week. Couple of days. Like two or three, four, five, yeah. six. A few days. Probably, probably four or five, yeah. probably. But on episode 10 of next week... No, fuck's sake. <laughs> next episode. Episode 10 of this podcast... Uh, my personal pick will be Holy Ghost by Modern Baseball and our new albums to review will be All Distortions Are Intentional by Neck Deep uh, Sex Death and The Infinite Something by Creeper I can't remember one word from the title and A Hero's Death by Fontaine's DC so that should be an interesting yeah. discussion so I hope you all enjoyed it this week Yeah. and uh We'll get back into the swing of things again. We will. Hopefully, uh, I'm just going to check. Yeah. I have, uh, mind you, people hearing this will know. I was about to say I'm going to check if I'm still recording, but if you're hearing this, uh, it's quite obvious if I'm still recording. Um, so, yes, if you have any suggestions for topics for us to talk about in our in-between section, if you have any albums which are coming out that you want us to cover... Any albums that have come out which you think we could cover? Or singles. I've got a few. Yeah, I've got a few on the list which I think we could cover at some point doing a catch up. Uh, yeah, then head on over to our Instagram page, which is For Discussion's Sake Podcast. I don't know if there's an underscore there. Uh, it's but, For Discussion's you know, Sake underscore uh, well, podcast. Well, I've put it in before and you don't need the underscore because we're the only people with that name. Yeah. Because we're original creators. Yeah, go over there, DM us, or head to our email. Jared, what's our email? <laughs> it's for discussion's sake podcast at gmail.com. I know. Inventive name. Uh, it's, um, what do you call um Catchy? No, not catchy. It is short, but not short. Something like yes. that. <laughs> it is an email. <laughs> anyway... That'll be next yes. week. Well, I don't, stop saying next week. It's in a couple of days. Yes. Um, right. But, Kevin, you forgot yeah. to do the shameless self-promotion. Oh, we don't need a shameless self-promotion, do we? Well, it'd be nice. 
I'll do two next. I'll do two next. Okay, episodes. we'll do one at the beginning and the end. Uh, go yeah. follow the bands that we covered, because they're yes, go follow the bands. Very good. Because they're yeah. Well, for the most part. I mean, in the nicest way possible. It's not. It's hard to follow Barry. Yeah. But... Rip. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. We will come. Have you got anything else to add? No. Cool. That's it from us for this week. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed episode nine of For Discussion's Sake podcast. Yeah. And we will see you next time. Have fun, people. Bye. Bye. Bye.